0: As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Think with me for a moment. How many times, I mean, if if you had to make a guess throughout your entire life, how many times do you think that your name would be said, or written, or called out from the other room, or put in a letter, or, I mean, how many times, I, don't, I just don't even know if we could count the number of times that your, your name might be said, but really it's, it's an indicator of who you are, it's a descriptor, it, it identifies you uniquely as a, as a person, in fact, names can even be, you know, endearing, and they can—the way in which somebody would look at you and with affection and admiration—to to say your name—they're they're kind of powerful things. You know, uh, Sarah and I, when we we have three, my wife Sarah, we have three little kids, and when we were trying to figure out what to name our kids, we were we were kind of going through, with the list, and you know, checking some off and. And there were, some, there were some qualifiers, you know, that, that it had to, had to meet some contingencies here. And, uh, and they, were, they were deep, spiritual, you know, things that mattered to us. Do you want to know what they were? Yep. Here's what they were. You have to be able to get a Gmail address and an Instagram handle, handle at some point. A, because when you're Steve and Sarah Smith, there are <laughs> millions of us. <laughs> In this world. And so our kids kind of all got these unique names as we have the most boring names in the world. And so our youngest son, his name is Atlas. And Atlas means to carry the heavens. And then our middle daughter, her name is Isley. And Isley means cheerful one, which is totally a great descriptor of her. She's a cheerful one until she's not. But most of the time, she's a cheerful one. And then our our oldest son, his name is Grayson. And Grayson means son of the wise. So? (laughs) Just saying. What I'm saying is Sarah is very wise. And I don't know that I'm bringing a lot to the table there. Hey, I'm having some fun as we get our Christmas Eve services started tonight. But these names, I mean... They're, they're powerful, and as we, we sing these beautiful songs, and we read that scripture from Luke, Luke 2, a beautiful story of Christmas, and as we gather together with, with family and friends and those of you who are joining us online, do you know that there's some, some beautiful truths found in the names, plural, of Jesus himself? The New Testament and the Old Testament is just filled with different names that are they describe, they, they give us a description, a picture as to who Jesus is. And if you've ever asked the question, man, I mean, how, what are the qualities and characteristics of who God is? Well, we can find them in the names of Jesus. Isaiah was a prophet, and he prophesied the name for Jesus, Emmanuel. We sang it earlier tonight. Emmanuel means God with us, and it's kind of easy in these Christmas Moments and the songs and the season that we're in, there, yeah, yeah, Emmanuel, God with us. And let's not gloss over it. God is with you. God is for you. God came from heaven to, to tell you how much he loves and cares for you, that he wants to be with you, and he wants you to want to be with him, Emmanuel. In Isaiah 9-6, we see a passage of scripture. This may be one of the most famous passages of scripture that is in the Christmas season, and it's a prophecy from Isaiah. Now, this was written hundreds of years before Jesus was born, and here's what it says in Isaiah 9-6. Notice the four names of Jesus. For to us a child is born, for to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. I want to take the next few minutes together to actually just focus on those four names. But it's not just about the names, it's about what it means for you and for me. It's about the access that you can have to the God of the universe. And what these names mean as we can call upon them, as we can call upon the name of Jesus. So let's take the first one, wonderful Counselor. I mean, wonderful counselor, well, what are the implications for you and for me? Well, I think it's this. You can call on the name of infinite wisdom. Anybody feel like they need a little wisdom, a little extra? You take a little extra on the side? I'm taking it. Does anybody feel like our world could utilize a little bit more wisdom and discernment right now? in this crazy time that we find ourselves in. But think about this reality, the 24/7, without any roadblocks, without any hurdles, without another mediator, without another person between you and God, you can call out to God who has infinite and unlimited wisdom. It's kind of like this. Maybe you've been to a counselor. We're talking about the wonderful counselor. Maybe you've been to a professional counselor, a Christian counselor, or maybe just a wise person, a, a trusted confidant or friend in your life. I hope you've had that experience. Whereas you're wrestling through the, a difficult decision or I'm not sure where to go here or I'm trying to bring some, some reconciliation to this relationship that I'm in. I just need some wise counselor. Well, imagine you went to that counselor, that friend, that confidant, and you started to realize as they give you some wisdom that 100% of the time they give you perfect advice with a flawless track record and every time you take their advice it works I don't know about you but I'm kind of putting that person in in speed dial in my phone right I'm putting that in the favorites in my iPhone if 100% of the time without a miss they're able to give me advice that that follows through that wins that helps me through my situation and Do you know that that's the kind of advice that you have in the wonderful counselor? Now, I'm not talking about some genie in a bottle. I'm not talking about one of those old eight ball things. Remember that? You kind of shake it up, right? And what should I do with my life? I'm talking about the God of the universe who came, was born on Christmas, that he would live a sinless life, that he would model for you a perfect life of what that would be to look like that he would take your sins upon himself, die on the cross, that he was fully God, fully man, and has infinite wisdom. It's an amazing thing. Colossians 2 says it like this. If you're searching for some wisdom this Christmas, look where you find it. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Man, I've looked for some places for some wisdom in my life, and they... They all tend to come up short. They all tend to be a dead end. And there's a reason for that because Colossians explains it right for us. Well, where is all the wisdom and where is all the knowledge? What's the source? How do I get it? In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let me ask you a question. As you navigate through the the challenges, maybe the, the questions in your own life, wrestling through what to make of the last two years, do you have ears to hear as you call on the name of infinite wisdom? To hear from him. Maybe, let me ask that question differently. Is your, is your first move to call on the name of infinite, infinite wisdom? And then if the answer is yes, do you have ears to hear what he might have to say to you? Because I'm telling you, when you call on the wonderful counselor, you will hear from him. And then we get this next one. It's packed with power. Mighty God. Mighty God. Hey, we're talking about what are the qualities, the characteristics that make up who our God is, Jesus, who we're celebrating tonight being born on this earth. Well, he is a mighty, mighty God. Let's not get mixed up with the Jesus as a baby in the manger and that beautiful picture. And It's wonderful, but he is a mighty God filled with power. Now, this mighty God, It means this, that you can call on the name of absolute strength. In your time where you're feeling like you're not getting the breakthrough and the difficulty is coming, and where am I going to get strength? Where am I going to get power? If you're here tonight or you're joining us online and you're like, I got to be honest. I feel like the level of hope I have in my life has been turned down compared to where I've been. I mean, where do I get power to have hope? Again, it's in Jesus. But this word here, mighty God, there's many different Hebrew words in the Old Testament that are the word God. But this specific word, it means this. It means absolute deity. And so as God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah, he is making it abundantly clear that Jesus is not only the Son of God, he was and is God himself. He's the second person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, he is the Son of God, but he is God. And you could define this term by these words, hero of wisdom and strength, mighty God, the hero of wisdom and strength. Now, the interesting thing with those two words are wisdom and strength would have been the foundational virtues of a ruler of that day. In a moment, I want to share what is that? What's this government, the government on his shoulders? What's that all about? When you think about a government, well, a government has a ruler, and the virtues of the day would have been wisdom and strength. However, Jesus didn't do it in a natural way. Jesus was going to bring a supernatural, superhuman way. As we think about Luke 2, and you just heard Pastor Craig read, I mean, it's the quintessential Christmas story, isn't it? It's like, hey, what happened on Luke 2? But as you think about Jesus, a baby, an infant, helpless, had needs, Let me remind you who this mighty God is who came in lowly form. Hebrews 1 says it like this, that but of the Son, but of Jesus, but of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. This baby Jesus that we celebrate tonight, do not forget that he is a ruler, ruler over a kingdom, a kingdom not of this world. Now the Israelites, they wouldn't have anticipated that God was going to come and live and be and dwell among them. We can sit here today and have the, the full Old Testament and, and New Testament and we can look back and we can say, oh, that's what was going on there is what's called the incarnation. Jesus coming to the incarnation is God in the flesh. So that's what God was doing is God was coming to earth and wrapping himself in flesh in the likeness of what humans are that he created. And so in Isaiah 9, when it says this, the government shall be on his shoulder. Here's what the Israelites would have been thinking. They would have been thinking, oh, awesome. God is going to send us the greatest ruler we've ever had to rule in our land, to rule this kingdom here on earth that we live in. And that's not what he was saying at all. That's not what this prophecy is saying. He's saying, no, 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 no. Jesus is going to be born on Christmas. He's going to establish an entirely new kingdom. He's going to establish the kingdom of God, and it's an eternal kingdom. It's in a kingdom that will last for eternity, and we can experience in part here on earth because Jesus came to this earth. And it kind of begs an interesting question. So this new kingdom that he came to set up, like, what would that kingdom look like? I think we can agree there's a lot of broken kingdoms in our world. There's a lot of broken Empires in our world, there's a lot of broken governments in our world. What would this kingdom look like? Well, like most kingdoms, it would look like its king. So, this kingdom is going to look a whole lot like Jesus. Politicians of the day, well, they would look for what they can get from you. What about Jesus? Jesus, man, he looks for what he can do for you. It's flipped. Leaders of the day, I mean, they would surround themselves with servants and people to serve them. And Jesus surrounds us with his own servanthood. It's flipped. Leaders of their day, in our day, they would use power to build their own empire. What did Jesus use his power for? Jesus used his power to wash your feet, to cleanse you, to forgive you from any sin, any mistake that you've ever made. Leaders of the day, I mean, they would trade their influence for for money God so loved that he gave. You see this kingdom of God, the government shall be on his shoulder. It's a totally upside down kingdom. It's an eternal kingdom. And it's a kingdom that's filled with wisdom and strength. And it's a kingdom that's filled with, the reason it says mighty God with power. See, this kingdom of God, let me ask you this, do you believe that God still does the impossible? Because that's what happens in the kingdom of God is that the things that that don't seem possible anymore, our backs are against the wall, and what are we going to do? And we're out of options, and we're done. In the kingdom of Jesus, he shows up. He often does the impossible. I hope that you've experienced that in your life because once you've experienced God to break through and do something that is just impossible, it just changes your entire view of who God is and what we're doing on this earth. So I was reading this story recently and the story was in 1950, the the Korean War was was raging on and it was three days before Christmas and as this war was going on, there was 100,000 refugees They were facing persecution that were trying to get out during the war. And there was only a few ships left. I'm not, wasn't a math major, but 100,000 people, a few ships. They they weren't going to make it. And so there was this captain, his name was Leonard LaRue, and he was a United States Navy captain, and he also was a follower of Jesus. And he was one of the last ones that was going to pick up these refugees and just see how many they could get. And then unfortunately, they were going to have to leave behind whoever they couldn't fit for obvious reasons. He began to pray. And the thing about Leonard LaRue is he believed in the power of God. He believed that God would show up in impossible situations and make them possible. So he's the captain of this ship. It's a cargo ship. The cargo ship is only supposed to hold 60 people. There's 100,000. And so these other ships are coming and they're, they're picking up some of the, the refugees and there's 14,000 refugees remaining. And so as he's praying and, and as he's going into action simultaneously doing and praying, doing and praying, he ends up, deciding that they're going to throw all their arms, all their weapons overboard, the things that would protect them to get where they were going. They were going to throw all their supplies overboard so they can get as many people as possible. And sure enough, Leonard De Rue, the captain, he got 14,000 people shoved and crammed into this cargo boat. So much so that they had to stand the entire time. There wasn't even enough room to sit down. And so they stood on a, on a two-day journey. And so Leonard LaRue, believing in the power of God, had an opportunity to save every last person that was looking to get out of that war-torn area. It was on Christmas Day, 1950, that they landed in their safe harbor where they were headed for. And there was 14,005 people that all made it. Nobody died. I thought you said 14,000. There was five babies that were born over the course of their two to three day journey. I share all that because do you believe in the power of God? Do you believe that God still moves? Do you believe that God is still mighty this Christmas? See, Leonard LaRue was so, he was so overwhelmed when he experienced the power of God that God would use him and God would show up and God would show himself strong that he went on to dedicate the rest of his life to prayer and ministry by becoming a Benedictine monk so that he could help other people experience the power of God. It had that big of a grip on his life. Hey, question for you. Do you have eyes to see the power of God in your midst this Christmas? Because what happens is the busyness and, and they're not bad things. The friends and the gathering and the presents and, and the songs and the cookies and the meals and the gatherings. Oh, we can just kind of blow through this season. Do you have eyes to see the power of God at work in your life? in your friends' and family's lives. And then we get to this third one, Everlasting Father. And Everlasting Father, I mean, why is this so important? What does this mean? Well, you can call on the name of eternal guidance. I think I'm signing up for this one. Help, help guide me. Where should I go? I'm not sure the right path. Should I turn left? Should I turn right? Should I that God has an eternal plan and God is guiding us as we lean in and call on the name of Jesus. This could have been interpreted Father of Eternity. Now, it's interesting. This is kind of a head scratcher because you go, wait, wait a minute. I think, you know, I think I know enough. Jesus is the Son of God, God the Father, right? So why would he be prophesied as everlasting Father? I mean, why not everlasting Son? Wouldn't that make more sense? God the Father and Jesus the Son. And here's why. The reason why is to not disparage any part of his deity. That that Jesus and the Father are one. We actually see a picture of the Trinity right here. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, That uh, They are three and they are one simultaneously, Steve. That doesn't add up. Remember I said God does the impossible. We're talking about the creator of the universe. God does not manifest himself three different ways. God is three and God is one simultaneously because he's God. And it's interesting, this verse, we see that he's child and son and father, all in one verse. Here's what Colossians says. Maybe you're you're here tonight. I just want to be sensitive to, man, Steve, if you knew the, chaos and difficulty I was going through if you knew this relational issue that I was having right now and if that's you listen to Colossians 1 and he is before all things and in him all things hold together that means that God goes before you he is before all things in all things God is holding it together have you ever felt like man life just feels like it's starting to just unravel and I'm just trying to keep all the pieces together. Do you know that you do not need to keep all the pieces of your life together because Jesus, when you call on the name of Everlasting Father, is the one that holds all things together. And that's why we call on the name. Maybe you're here and like, what's this Jesus thing all about? I've got an invite here and you're like, why would I call on the name of Jesus? Well, you call on the name of Jesus Because when your world is being shaken, whether it's by your own choices and your own sin or circumstances outside of yourself, do you know that God is never shaken? Never shaken. We might feel shaken. We might feel like we're unraveling. God is never shaken and holds all things together. You know, I know for many of you, this is a joyful, a joyful night, a joyful weekend, you're maybe already have, maybe you will right after this service, have a great meal and gather and exchange presents and be with family or friends and have the music on and sit around the table and there's laughter and there's joy. It's amazing. But I do know there's some of you that as you're here at Christmas, you're like, if you knew what I've been through, Christmas is not a joy-filled time. For some of you, you're going to sit down to a Christmas dinner, and that parent or that child that should be there is not at the table this year, and you've experienced loss, and you've experienced pain, and maybe some of you joining us online right now who wanted to be in this room or wanted to be with family and friends, and you realize I'm spending Christmas Eve alone, and there's a level of loneliness, and hey, if that's you, let me ask you this question. Are you clinging and do you have a heart to believe that the father of eternity who has the ability to hold all things together is welcoming you into his kingdom? What kingdom? A kingdom of perfect peace. Do you have a heart to believe that the one who holds all things together is welcoming you as his child into a kingdom of perfect peace? In fact, that's the last name, perfect peace that it would tell us about who Jesus is. I'll say it like this. The Prince of Peace, you have access. Remember, we're talking about the names of Jesus. What you get access to, it radically changes. How we understand when we pray and when we call out to God, you can call on the name of genuine reconciliation. What do you mean by genuine reconciliation? That is Prince of Peace. What does that mean? Well, I'm here to say this, that ultimately... The purpose of why Jesus was born, the purpose of Jesus coming to earth is genuine reconciliation, period. That's why he was born. That's why he came. Well, to reconcile the who and to what and and how. Ultimately, peace and not war belongs to the kingdom of the Messiah. Peace with God. First reconciling you back to him. Do you know that Jesus is the only purchaser and procurer of peace in this world? He is the owner of all peace. He is the source of all peace. Peace characterizes his reign on earth. Peace characterizes his reign through eternity. Peace will uh, 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 characterize your relationship with him should you choose to believe in him. And the amazing thing is, peace can characterize your relationships with other people as you trust in Jesus and as you cling to the perfect peace. Hey, Steve, those are beautiful names and I love this night and, but can we just like, can we do that thing where we like light the candles and sing Silent Night? <laughs> like this is good but I'm kind of, let's wrap it up. We will in a moment. But let me say this, that peace came at a cost and we cannot divorce the God of the manger from the God of the cross. It's why Isaiah 53 says this. It came at a cost because it says, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that what? Brought us peace. Jesus wasn't just born into this world to bring you peace. It cost Jesus his life so you could experience that peace. Here's how J.I. Packer says it. The Christmas message is that there is hope for a ruined humanity hope of pardon, hope of peace with God, hope of glory. Because at the Father's will, Jesus became poor and was born in a stable that 30 years later he might hang on the cross. Hey, if you're looking for peace this Christmas, do you have a soul which is regularly pursuing the Prince of Peace? He is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace, and you, because Jesus came and because he was born, you have access to the living God. And you have access to experience in an amazing way how he would transform your life and bring you that wise counsel and experience the impossible and the powerful hand of God. And ultimately for you to experience peace in this life that only comes from him because he is the source of peace. So in a moment, we are going to sing. And this is a bit of a tradition for us around here at High Point that we end our Christmas Eve services singing Silent Night and lighting candles and passing the light. As you stand to your feet now, maybe you want to grab your candle that you got on the way in let's not miss this moment as it is a beautiful moment. And it's something that we love to do here at High Point And it's a great song, but don't miss what we're doing. There's a candle that's been lit all night long. And there's a reason for that, that we're passing the light off of the reality that the light of Jesus has always been burning and always will burn for eternity. And that you would take that light and that you would pass it to other people in your life. And ultimately that you would take up the call to spread this light to the entire world. Let's sing together.